If we could, let's please stand to read our text on this morning. It's coming from the last book in the Bible, Revelation 3 and 12. Also giving honor to you, God's people. Why don't you give yourselves a hand in the house of the Lord on this morning? Amen. Revelation 3 and 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. And for the second part of our text, we'll go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 32 and 27. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Our title for this time is what is your name as you take your seat look at your neighbor and ask them what is your name and i know that the time is late i thank you for bearing with us and just hold on the lord is here and he has something for you we can go a little bit of time over can't we Amen. Amen. If not, we will be praying for you that the Lord helps your car to start when you get in the parking lot. (laughs) What is your name? Everyone and everything that is known has a name. Everything in existence is called Something and that something that it is called is its name. The word name is one of 150 words in the English language that can be used both as a noun and a verb. As a noun, a name is a title, a description of an individual or thing, that by which an individual or thing is known. It is a means of distinguishing an individual from other individuals. It is the first and chief vehicle by which we are known. When you first notice someone that catches your interest or your attention and you want to get to know that person all the more, you the first thing that you're going to have to ask is, what is your name? As a verb, The word name can be used to one, to give name to something, as in to name a baby or a comet or something else that was previously undiscovered. It can be used, secondly, to acknowledge, as in he was named man of the year. Or thirdly, it can be used to accuse, as in he was named as the chief suspect in the investigation. Now, there are three places that we get our names from. There's first place the names that we are given 
at birth. For example, my name is Charles Edward Blake II. My father, Charles Edward Blake, was named so because of the intense admiration and respect that my grandfather, Junius Augustus Blake, had for the founder of this great Church of God in Christ, Charles Harrison Mason. My middle name, Edward, was the middle name of my great-grandfather, Eason Edward Blake. Needless to say, I love my name. Some people don't like their name. They try to change it. But I love my name, Charles. Well, when I was first born and when Bishop and Lady May were first moving out here to Los Angeles, I wasn't more than a month old. I'm pretty sure that Lady May will tell you how much of a blessing Elder Marion Green and Sister Celestine Green were as my parents sought to get more acclimated not only to a new church, but to a new city and a new home. So more often than not, Sister Green and Sister Deborah Frederick, who was a teenager at that time, along with Sister Brenda Kamak and Sister Diane Kelly, ladies that I will love always, but more often than not, Sister Green and those young ladies would, at that time, those young ladies would be babysitting me. Well, Sister Green, God bless her soul, thought that I was much too small and too cute to be called Charles. Charles was too big a name for me at that time, so she started calling me Chucky. Mm-hmm, exactly. And for some ungodly, wicked reason, <laughs> the name stuck, even though I haven't been that small for some time. <laughs> Notice I didn't say that cute either. But I once asked Dad, Dad, had anyone ever called you Chuck or Chucky? And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like, what, man? <laughs> but I will stay in fervent prayer for those of you who have not accepted and received the abounding steadfast love of the Lord and still want to stay with Brother Chucky. <laughs> I have patience with you. I'm still praying for you. But that leads me into the next place that we all get our names from. And these are the names that life, experience, and the world try to give us. These also come from the roles we play. In my case, they would be father, husband, son, brother, elder, assistant, pastor, etc., as well as the names that our actions and our experiences have given us. Mixed in with these are the names that the world tries to name us based on our sins and our mistakes and other painful or traumatic events or actions in our lives, some done by us, some done to us by others. For example, Doubting Thomas doubted one time 2,000 years ago, and ever since then, we've called him Doubting Thomas. 
Some of us have doubted God three times this morning, and we just now get in the service. <laughs> we doubt God every day. We worry about something. Sometimes our conditions name us. Oh, we do it all the time. Blind Bartimaeus, who even though he was healed and given his sight, is still called by us blind Bartimaeus. The woman with the issue of blood is still to this day known as the woman with the issue of blood, even though her faith made her whole. And it's funny because we don't call Jesus' friend Lazarus dead Lazarus, although I think some people have called him Lazarus who was raised from the dead. So like the woman with the issue of blood, and like blind Bartimaeus, and like Lazarus who was raised from the dead, we are sometimes known by our conditions. But these are the names that life, experience, and the world try to give us. Now, what are the names or titles that the world may have tried to use to identify you in the past? We have all been called something. What names have people used to try to tell you that you were in your life? Has anyone ever tried to name you useless? How about addict? How about whore? Has anyone ever tried to call you a murderer, a failure, fat, ugly, ghetto, stupid, has anyone ever tried to use the word weak to describe you? How about scared, inferior, victim, lonely, undesirable, unlovable? Has life ever tried to call you worthless, loser, thief, alcoholic, criminal, or convict? Has anyone ever tried to name you inadequate, unworthy, dope fiend, dog? Nigger, any name that or title that you've been called that has hurt you, any name or title that you has called that has lessened you, reduced you, diminished you, is the name that the devil seeks to call you. And it's hurtful, it hurts. It's sad because many of us have lived most of our existence under these names. We have let these names condition us into thinking and living in a certain way to the point that no matter what good thing happens to us, no matter how God blesses us, we are so locked into that perspective, that name, that way of seeing things and seeing life that we do not even let ourselves think of the possibilities of what God can do through or to us. We've let these names define us. We've let them confine us. And we always wonder why things don't seem to work out for us. Why do certain things always seem to happen? Why does this always happen to me? Why do we always find ourselves in the same place? Why can't we rise to something better in life. 
It's as if you're trying to drive down the road of life and instead of looking out of the windshield at what lies before you towards your future, you spend all of your time looking at the rearview mirror, always wondering why you can't go straight forward. Look at the difference between your rearview mirror and your windshield. The rear view is small, but your windshield is oh so wide. You should be looking out of your windshield the majority of the time and only referencing your rear view mirror to see if the police are behind you if you're speeding, amen. <laughs> but if you're living under the name that your life's experiences have given you, under who you were as that old creature, you're driving down the road of life looking through your rearview mirror. You're completely missing any new opportunities or possibilities that may lie before you. And you know what happens when you drive looking out of your rearview mirror, you're gonna miss what's ever in front of you and you're going to crash. Well, it's because we don't know who we really are. We don't know how God our Father really sees us. Although we all have names that we were all given at birth, life has given us other names. And we've lived life so long under these names that we don't know what it truly means to actually be born again. Or in this case, we don't know what it truly means to be who God has named us to be. We even use the verse, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, but it is a cliche. We don't even know what really, what tr that truly means. We don't really know what it means to put off the old man or what life has named you. And even though you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, with a mighty burning fire, you still at times find yourself acting like and thinking like who you were, who life's experiences have told you that you were and acting in that same paradigm that the world and the devil laid out for you. Is that just me? Okay, let me know I'm not in here by myself on the day. Amen. But we have to remember that only God has ultimate authority to name us. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell within. That's Psalms 24. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you, named you a prophet to the nations. So only God has true dominion over us, ultimately to tell us who and what we are. Subsequently, in order to name something or someone, you have to have ownership or have been given dominion over it. For example, Adam was, given, Adam was given the task of naming all of the animals and trees and things of the earth because he was given dominion over them. We give our children their names because we have dominion over them. We name them and no one else has that right. And even in the naming of children, we have to be very careful. For example... The name Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has departed from Israel. Ichabod's mother named him so because on the day that he was born, 
Israel lost a critical battle to the Philistines in which the Ark of the Covenant was lost and taken by the Philistines. On that very same day, her husband and her father-in-law both died. Now, the capturing of the Ark of the Covenant by the Philistines was a crippling blow to the psychology of the people of Israel. It meant that God's glory was no longer in Israel with his people, and it meant that all was lost. But this young woman feeling the loss and the pain of all that was happening in her life at that moment named her child Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed. For the rest of his life, he was going to have to carry that name. But the funny thing is that when the Philistines got the ark to their temple, it started causing them so much trouble that after only seven months of getting plagued and being cursed, they said, you know, we need to give these Israelites their thing back, you know. And they put it on a new cart with two, with two cows along with some gifts to say, we're very sorry for taking your ark. And they pointed it in the direction of Israel and pushed the cart in that direction and said, good riddance. The cows wandered back to Israel where the Israelites put it in the house of Abinadab for the next 20 years until they were told by God that they could return it to its formal place. Now, she named her son Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed from Israel, and the glory returned seven months later. Ichabod was 20 years old when the ark was finally returned to its proper place, and the glory returned to Israel formally, and he still had to carry that name for the rest of his life. This goes to show you that you shouldn't make a life-spanning decision based on how you feel at the moment. If there's something that you have to decide quickly that's going to affect the rest of your life, don't do it when you're angry or when you're sad or depressed. In many cases, there have been times in life when dominion or authority has been taken by force and the name that you were given has been forcibly changed by someone else. We know them by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But those were not their original names. Their real names were something completely different. But it was through the conquering of Israel by the Babylonians that their names were changed. As you look at Daniel 1 and 7, it says, to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave new names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, he gave the name Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So their original names were Daniel, Hananiah, Shadrach, I mean Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It reminds me of that scene in Roots. How many of y'all remember that movie Roots in here? How many older folks we have in here? Amen. Well, if you're younger, you need to go rent it. Amen. The whole series. But when Kunta Kente, in that scene, when Kunta Kente was renamed Toby, and he did not want to accept that name, you all remember the anger, the rage, and the pain that we all felt 
as we watch the proud Kunta who symbolize all of us as black folk in this country being beaten into brokenness and submission by his circumstances. And so life itself conspires to name us sometimes. And I guarantee that that name is different and the implications of that name is much lower than who we really are. Which leads us to, into our next point, which is we should never allow any condition, force, or person to name or define us. Amen. In Daniel 1 and 8, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, <clears throat> nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We see through the rest of the account that although Nebuchadnezzar gave Daniel and the three Hebrew boys new names, that he could not change who they were. You have to purpose in your heart not to allow any condition, force, or person to name or define you. I'm going to say that again. You have to purpose in your heart that you will not allow any condition, force, or person or circumstance to name or define who you are. Most of us here know of or have even prayed the prayer of Jabez. It has become the prosperity prayer in its desire and request to God for material gain and prosperity. Since in our culture we have an inordinate preoccupation with material gain and prosperity, it has become one of our more popular prayers nowadays. It says, oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. But if you read into that text, you'll see that we have missed the point. At the heart of the matter is the fact that Jabez's name means sorrow. When he was born, his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bear him in sorrow. The name Jabez implies sorrow, but through his prayer and admonishment to God Almighty, he changed the meaning and the implication of his name so that now Jabez no longer means sorrow to us, but we hold the name Jabez as being synonymous with being wealthy. The implications of his name through prayer and through going to the Lord was changed from one thing to another entirely. And this lets us know that God has and does change our names. God changed the names of some people in the Bible when he was instituting a new covenant with them. It's what I like to call a profound identity change in a person's life. He changed Abram's name to Abraham. In Genesis 17 and 5, it says, no longer shall your name be called Abraham. But your name shall be, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. He changed Sarai's name to Sarah. As for your wife, you must no longer call her Sarai, but Sarah 
will be her name. I will bless her and will give you a son through her. I will bless her and she will become the mother of nations. Kings of countries will come from her. Looking at our text, he changed Jacob's name to Israel. He changed Simon's name to Peter. In Matthew 16, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. You'll see that all of these names accompanied a change in the way that God saw these individuals. Not only did God change their names, he changed their identities. He changed who they thought they were. He changed their names when he was starting or renewing a covenant with them. I'm not talking about the names that our parents have given us, but I'm talking about the names and the titles and the perceptions that life has given each one of us. We speak now to the names and labels that our experiences our actions and our backgrounds have given us. Those people and those experiences that have had the largest and longest lasting effect on us. Things like, boy, your daddy wasn't nothing and you ain't gonna never be nothing. That said to a little boy at five years old is going to affect that same boy at 35 years old. That girl who was hurt and left at seven years old, is going to be dealing with that pain when she's 37 years old. I've been called things at six years old by people who didn't know nothing, and they affected me all my life, and I had to fight to get over those things. But we can, with God's help, choose who and what we're going to be. Somebody give the Lord some praise in here tonight. The true struggle is between the you that the world has named you to be in all of those attributes versus the you that God has called you to be and your identity in him. The prodigal son sitting in the middle of a pigsty remembered that that was not who he was. When he remembered his name, when he remembered who he really was, he got up out of that filth and went home to his father. The world and the devil have conspired to take dominion over you and rename you something that will keep you bound and in bondage for the rest of your life. In many of these cases, we've unwittingly given dominion over to that which have sought to name us. Some of the names that life has given us, like Ichabod and Jabez, were given to us by life through the short-sightedness, selfishness, and pain of those who sought to name us. But because he honored and prayed to the Lord, Jabez was able to change the perspective and the implications of his name. Life had attempted to rename Daniel and his friends, but they refused to be defined and identified by the system that sought to rename them. You may have had to say Toby with your lips, but in your heart and in your mind, always say, I am Kunta Kente. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I am Kuntikin. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Give the Lord some praise in the house of the Lord on today. <laughs> but the only thing, the only aspect that hinders this 
profound identity change is when we fail to see through the eyes of this new creation that we've been made into. Even though God may rename us and take us through this identity change, the real struggle is in living in this new identity day to day. The new name, the new creatureness that we have been given is what we must hold on to. That old identity, that old name will seek to reassert itself at every opportunity. Every time we're faced with a situation that causes us stress or fear or even uncertainty or overconfidence or extreme pleasure, that old identity will seek to raise its head. But like 2 Peter 2 and 22 says, you are as a dog returning to its own vomit when you go back to acting in the way that life has told you that you are instead of acting like who God has named you to be. Amen. For example, it was Abram that died, that lied to Pharaoh about Sarai being his sister. It was Abram that consented to Sarai's plan about Hagar. It was Sarai that came up with such a harebrained plan in the first place. But it was Abraham that God made his covenant with. It was Sarah that was the mother of the promise. Just after he was renamed Peter the Rock by our Savior, it was Simon that had to be rebuked by Jesus for saying that Jesus would not be crucified. It was Simon that cut off the guard's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was Simon that denied Christ three times. But it was Peter that preached to the crowd after Pentecost and got 5,000 saved. It was Peter that spoke to the man at the gate called Beautiful and told him that silver and gold have I none, but that which I do have I give to you, rise up and walk. That was Peter. But we must always be watchful that that old identity, that old way of seeing things and thinking about things don't creep back into our hearts and our minds. Some people will try to call you Chucky, excuse me. They'll try to call you by your old name to try to remind you of who you used to be. They may want everyone around that they knew you way back when. So to make sure that you don't fly too high or to make themselves feel better, they will call you by your old name. They don't realize that they're saying more about themselves than they're saying about you. They're saying that it is they themselves that cannot grow or move forward. But how do we live in this newness of life? How do we live in our new name? We live in this newness of life by being in relationship with he who named us first. A man named Miles Monroe, who I deeply loved and respected and am deeply saddened by his recent passing. And we have to remember to pray for his family. He told me when I was 19 years old, he said that if you want to know the purpose of a thing, you have to ask its maker. Because if you don't know the proper use of a thing, you will abnormally use it or you will abuse it or you will abuse it. The world didn't know who and what you really were. So it abused you, it abnormally used you, and it gave you the wrong name. 
but you find out who you really are, what your name really is by asking your maker. Your maker says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I named you a prophet to the nations. And so these names and these identities which the world and the devil tried to name you will always seek to reassert themselves and they will always scream out from the back of your mind, from your memories and from your regrets. I sometimes have to hang my head and be like, I can't believe that I did that back then. I can't believe that I said that. I can't believe that I was a back then, that that was my name. Your name may have been fornicator. Your name might have been adulterer. Your name might have been thief or extortioner. Life may have named you drunkard or addict. But the word says that you were washed, that you were sanctified, that you were justified in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the spirit of our God. Somebody in here give the Lord some praise on today. If he has changed your name, you need to give him some praise. But these are the most important things to keep in mind and in your heart from our time together today, our conversation today. The first is that whatever your name is or has been, you can by your behavior and by your heart, you can give that name a new meaning and a new reputation. Amen. The second thing that we have to remember is that whatever the world or the devil calls you is not the most important thing but rather what God calls you is the most important thing. And that leads us to the most important place we get our names from, the third place. And these are the names that God has given us based on his love for us and what he sees us as and his word. Now, what has God named us? Who are you really? Each of us here have been named by God. Before life and people ever tried to name us, God had already given us our names. He says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God wishes to take all of us through a profound identity change back to who we were in him before the foundation of this world. Before this world was even created, he already had your name in mind. What are the names that God calls us? Who has God said that we are? What is the name that God writes on them that overcome? How about blessed? How about beloved? How about forgiven? He's named us sons and daughters of God. Somebody in here's name is victorious, more than conquerors. How about overcomers? How about salt of the earth? How about healed? How about free? How about fearfully and wonderfully made you are? How about washed? How about forgiven? How about saved? How about redeemed? How about sanctified? How about justified? 
Oh, I know we preach life everlasting and life eternal after death, but in being a new creature while yet here on earth, we're talking about being alive in a way that you have not imagined. We're talking about a new identity. We're talking about a new existence in Christ. Because if any man be in Christ, truly he is a new creature. Old things and old names having passed away and behold all things becoming new. We live in this newness of life by renewing our minds and our thoughts through prayer and meditation on the word daily. By meditating on the real names that we have been given by God. You live in this newness by coming into relationship with God, your Father, and finding out who you are in Him and not letting anyone or anything make you act or call you out of your name. Somebody in here give the Lord some praise on today. We're getting new names today. But now, I want to talk to you about a man by the name of Jesus. Somebody in here say Jesus. Somebody in here say in the name of Jesus. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth and in every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody in here say his name is Jesus. That means his name is the Son of Man and the Son of God. He is the Rose of Sharon and the Prince of Peace. His name is the Lamb that was slain and his name is the Lion of Judah. His name is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is the Good Shepherd. He is a friend to the friendless and hope to the hopeless. His name is the Light of the World. His name is Emmanuel. Somebody here say hallelujah. He is the bright and the morning star. He is the redeemer and savior. He is the bread of life, our Messiah. He is the Christ. His name is the word who was with God and was God. Somebody say hallelujah. That makes his name Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. That means your name is he that is blessed. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. That means your name is healthy. His name is Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is your shepherd. That means your name is protected. Somebody in here say hallelujah. Hallelujah. His name is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. That means your name is peaceful. His name is Jehovah Sekinu. The Lord is your righteousness. That means our name is righteousness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We have the victory. I said, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan will have to flee. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. 
Jesus, Jesus, blessed Jesus, we have the victory. Hallelujah. Oh, stand on your feet and sing hallelujah. Oh, everybody in the house of the Lord, stand and give us some praise on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your voice and praise him. If you've been given a new name on the day, you need to praise him. Something special, supernatural about Jesus. Something happens when I mention your name, Jesus. Something special. Everybody sing today. Jesus, something special, supernatural about that name. Jesus, something happens when I'm in Praise him now. Whisper that name that is above every name. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Something happens when I call you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. they play and sing quietly I want us all to reflect on what our name has been given in the past I want you to reflect on the name that God has given you on today your your new name your new identity our Savior came died and arose from the dead so that we could rise above the name and identity that the world and people have attempted to give us. And he wants us to be able to live in the existence and in the name that God our Father has given us. Your name may have been fornicator. Your name may have been adulterer. Your name may have been thief. Life hate may have named you drunkard or addict, but you were, your name can be washed. Your name can be sanctified. Your name can be 
justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Give your life to him, beloved. Let him show you who you really are. Introduce yourself to him so he can introduce you to yourself. And if there is anyone in here that is simply being tired of being called the name that life has given you, now is your chance to live life in that new name. If there is someone here that is tired of being called addict, drunkard, useless, worthless, now it's time for you to know that God has given you a new name. If any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. You can walk out of here today with a new name, a new identity. Oh, the world may try to call you by your old name, but in the name of Jesus, you have a new name. So if there is someone here that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, getting a new name is as simple as lifting up your hand and telling the Lord that I want a new name, a name like blessed, a name like more than a conqueror, a name like forgiven, a name like justified. If you want a new life, it is simple as raising your hand and lifting up your hand. Oh, I know there's someone in here that needs a new name on today. I know there's someone in here that's tired of being called what they've been called in life. I know there's someone here that wants to rise to something higher. Let us now pray all together. Please repeat after me. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. And I believe he rose again on the third day. And I thank him for giving me a new name on today. Please forgive me for the wrong that I have been. Please forgive me for the wrong that I have done. I accept him into my heart right now. And I will live the rest of my life under this new name. Child of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Somebody give the Lord praise. Somebody just accepted Jesus Christ. Somebody's soul is now on their way to heaven. Somebody in here has accepted their new name. We need to give the Lord some praise. Now, if that is you and you lifted up your hand, all we ask you to do now is just come forward. We're not going to embarrass you. We have some people that want to love on you. We have some people that want to welcome you into the body. They just want to get your name and your information. I think that this is a beautiful church to be a part of. And we want to celebrate you in the getting of your new name. You've been born again. And if there's anyone here, you can go to the side of the aisle if you're up in the balcony. You can go over to the sides and come down. But if there's someone who is next to you that lifted up their hand, 
Go on and walk down here with them. Let them know that it's okay. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 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 Jesus.